you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's go. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Tattoos and Jesus. Marty Height here with the lovely co-host, Josh Martin. Josh, how are you and your Dijon-colored shirt doing today? Dijon-colored yeah. shirt. Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, how? Here's the thing, though. How are you feeling? I am feeling great. You know why I'm feeling great? Probably. Because I just got back. From my anniversary trip to Nashville, oh, yeah. <laughs> Country Music City, Tennessee. I literally thought you were going to say because you got your first fantasy win, but I'm so glad you went that <laughs> round instead because that probably helps you out a ton. But That's yeah, congratulations. Good point. Big, big win last night. Big right, fantasy right. win. A big win it in marriage caught, as well. It has catapulted me to the um, ninth best... Uh, record in our 10 member team because Dylan still sucks. Dylan still has not won a game. He has not won and he's not going to win next week either because he plays me and my team is hands down I mean, better you're averaging, than averaging a good amount of points though. Yeah. You're averaging a great amount of points. <clears throat> so so that's, that's, does, that's a positive. Does Grayson listen to our podcast? I don't know. Probably not. Um, I mean you can, you can say whatever you need to say. Alright Grayson sucks. He has the best team in the league by like 50 points. A week, and so um, I'm taking notes next week, next year, next year. I'm gonna get him. I mean, you can still get him this year. There's no chance. <laughs> you can still get him this he's year. You top, never know what's gonna happen. He's the best, like here. ten players in the league. So here's the thing. There's a guy that may listen to this podcast, but Justin Justin Cook, which you know, mm-hmm. he's been on the podcast, mm-hmm. and for anybody that's interested. Marty Height will be on a panel. That, that nobody's reached out to me. He is confirmed. I'm At not Kirby. just going to win. October twenty third. Is he going to reach out to me? Yeah, he reached out to me. Have uh, I agreed to this? Yeah, I asked you forty five times last week. Oh my goodness! So if you want to go see Marty talk at Kirby, this is news to me. October twenty third. Okay. I also would like to say all I smell right now is pickles. Pickles? So this could throw off my coffee. But um, <laughs> what were we even talking about before? Nashville, we... Tennessee. No, we weren't talking about Nashville. We were talking Fantasy about football. Before I got distracted with your, you didn't realize you were going to Kirby, even though you told me you were going to Kirby. They never reached out. You told me they would reach oh, out. Oh, Justin Cook. Yeah. So he was undefeated. He had Cooper Cup, actually. And like Julian Edelman when he was balling, and um, somebody else, and undefeated, literally hands down, just like Grayson, hands down, no nobody ever came close. He was number one seed. I was number eight. I barely got in the playoffs. We played first round of the playoffs. Worst week he ever had in fantasy, hands down. I beat him by point five. Knocked him out. 
knocked him out of the playoffs. <clears throat> it was like 93 to like 92. He scored like over 150 all year. And that one week, all of his players played bad. We were watching the Panthers game at his house. He had Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey needed to catch one more pass, and he would have won. We were sitting there refreshing, checking the score. That was the game Cam <clears throat> Newton like threw his shoulder out on the last play. Overthrew Christian McCaffrey, game over, I won. <laughs> you can ask him that on the panel that you're going on next you know the, Sunday. The chances of that happening are pretty low. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was like – he was highly favored. Highly favored. Yeah. Untouchable. You just never know week to week, man. Never know. Here's the thing. Grayson's entire starting lineup could go out, and he has an entire starting lineup on the bench better than everybody else's starting lineup. You just never know. That's why you got to trade. You got to trade your way up, man. I'm this trying. is what happens every year. Grayson drafts really well, gets mm. a couple's trades. I draft Okay. Trade my way to the top. This is what's happening. Tried, you, you are ranked at number two right now. Trading my way to the top, man. I got a solid team. <clears throat> okay. But. Speaking of solid team. Speaking of. You brought us. Season, so I was today. at the. I went to the grocery store. Walking around there. Me and Matt after golfing last Friday. Walking around. Come across an end cap. Nothing but pumpkin spice, Starbucks yeah. coffees. I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and grab one. Me and Marge gonna try. It. We're gonna go ahead and hop have in. We not the already official. tried this. We haven't. We've never tried the actual Starbucks pumpkin spice. Oh, because we got a we got the official. We got the official PSL from Starbucks, and I got one Sunday. Still banging. Still <laughs> delicious. So we're trying pumpkin spice ground coffee, Starbucks brand. Yes. Is that right? It is. Um, let me pull up my scores here. Oh, let's see here. Starbucks. Did you just try be honest, it? I think uh did you just think burn your face. We're off? out of sugar, so I'll use Splenda. Oh, that's a that's strong, man. I like Splenda, but it'll mess you up. Um, still delicious though. I love pumpkin spice. Call me whatever right. you want. I love pumpkin spice. The smell. I'm gonna rank it before I taste it based on smell. Cause last week's. Yeah, it was deceiving though. Peanuts smelled better than it tasted. Not bad, but smelled better. Based on this smell though, I mean it smells like pumpkin pie. Like, I just feel like I need to squirt some whipped cream in my mouth and smell this, and I have pumpkin pie. Mm, you look like seven eight. Pie. It's got a 7-8 smell. I also would like to – I wish everybody could see Marty right now because he officially <laughs> – like, you would thought you would have thought when he walked in, like, this man just won his first fantasy football game because this man is dressed to I impress. My shirt, I tucked my shirt in. I walked in. I was like, that guy – he gets things done. He's I got his. My shirt he's in. got his bun up. That's it. Wear that same outfit to Kirby next Sunday. Don't forget. It's not next Sunday. It is next Sunday, the twenty third. That's two weeks from now, you dummy. Next Sunday. It's not this Sunday. It's next Sunday. 
What do you think? Don't get into that argument. <laughs> I've been into this argument Sunday, a thousand times. That's because you're an idiot. And it never makes sense from the other point of view. It, next Sunday is the next Sunday to come. Next Sunday. It'd be so different if, I if said, it was Saturday. If it was Saturday, no, 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 no. it would be so tomorrow. Let me ask you this. So if I were to say, this could be, this could be our topic right here. This could be our, <laughs> our brain teaser for all those out there who, who's enjoying it. If I were to say this Sunday, you would have talked about three days ago? No, that would that'd be same Sunday. So you're saying you're telling me if I were to say this Sunday and next Sunday is the same Sunday. No, you would say um, Sunday you're after trapped. next. You're trapped because there's there's no way. If I were to so if I said this Sunday or I would have said next Sunday, you'd have showed up on the same day. <clears throat> yeah, you have lost your mind. You have literally you are committing to this, knowing it makes absolutely. Zero cents. You're taking away from my ability to purely examine the flavor of this coffee. You already ranked it. I smell ranked it. And it was is that was that taste this or next? Taste ranked. This is smell real rank. or next smell? This, um, it's from my next smell. Seven one. Taste ranking. I gave it a seven eight smell rank. That's what we should start doing. We should quit doing taste ranks. And only start smell ranking stuff. No, it would literally be the epitome of Marty's Marty's coffee reviews. Mm, it smells like coffee. We could we could smell rank anything. Smell rank hot dogs, chicken. <laughs> I love smell rank. I love hot dogs. We could smell nice rank big old hot dog juice. What do you smell rank a pickle? <laughs> this hot oh. dog juice is delicious. You seven? You said seven one. I smell ranked at a seven eight, but I'm gonna taste rank it a seven five. It's delicious. It is really good. We're gonna be drinking this the rest of the month. I'm glad you bought a whole bang. So seven one. I French pressed it Sunday, but I didn't do enough because I was just making half because Sarah don't doesn't like pumpkin spice. Well, uh, did you know that before you married her? Yeah, she loves coffee. Though. And you still chose to marry her? She doesn't yeah. like pumpkin spice. But that was risky. She also doesn't like Chinese at the mall. What? Yeah, every time I tell people that, that's what the reaction I get. She that's doesn't like Chinese bet. at the mall. For all those out there that know, they know. If you know, you know. Chinese at the mall is the best because they give out free samples. Chinese is at the at the yellow mall. The yellow mall, yeah. That's, that's so the nicest good. guy ever. The super nice guy. He's the and he remembers you every time. Yeah. Never mind. I was about to impersonate him. That would be inappropriate. Nah, we'll, pa- we'll, we'll, pass we'll pass on that. We'll pass. But he's such a nice guy. He is. He is super nice. Mm. Listen, you want to hear some fun facts? I had somebody send me some TikToks yesterday. Okay. One of which he's like, you should do this on the show. This isn't that one. However. <laughs> Shot down. Because it's more of a, I don't know. I'm not going to go into it. It's funny. Maybe we can incorporate it one day. But he also sent me this thing that said it was a TikTok of things that are unquestionably true that don't feel true that seem that are just ridiculous. I'm sorry, but they've been proven as fact. But they don't. I'm just going to read you some. Are they've you been proven as fact. Like these are fact, but you almost want to call them crap. True things that don't Chargers feel true. Have never won a Super Bowl. Fact, but it does feel real to me because I'm slightly depressed every football season. We're moving on. So here's one. 
Did it. you know? All right, I'm gonna ask you these questions. Did you know mm. that only six people have survived rabies? Rabies has a 99% mortality rate. No, that was not that was not knowledge to me. That's what it says. It says you can have rabies for an entire year without symptoms. And once you have symptoms, it's already late. You're probably going to die in a couple of days if you have symptoms. So you're telling me and symptoms is like foaming I'm out of the mouth? I'm assuming that all of these were true. And it's not <laughs> so like... So you're just spreading all kinds of fake news. I, I, right I don't now. think it's a factor crap i think like all of these were true but they don't feel true you want to call crap on it but it's not And our symptoms foaming out of the mouth and wanting to bite people yes okay so by the time you come in and you're wanting so if we're doing a podcast and you're foaming Mm -hmm. and you're if i get a wild look in my eye okay and i start coming for you then either (laughs) never mind dragonfly i'm in dragonfly Uh, i'm either a vampire or rabies either, or rabies or slightly aroused I'm, just <laughs> I'm coming for you you get that wild look in your eye thank you for that show edit so <laughs> did you know that dragonflies accelerate at up to four g's and can corner at up to nine g's that they are the most efficient hunter and they catch 95 percent of their prey what's a g You don't know what a G is? You don't know what a G is either. I do know what a G is. Can you explain it to me? G is, have you ever watched like um, Top Gun? No. Fighter pilot? You're, an, you're a liar. No, I really, I've never seen Top Gun. All right. Have you ever seen a fighter pilot fly? Sure. And how like they can pass out because of the G-force? Race car drivers face you. It's like if you're going oh, really fast. Then you would know. The pre, the, um, the atmospheric pressure that's placed on them so kid so are dragonflies like the most g, g- i'm not trying to make a dad joke right now i was gonna say most <laughs> most like gangster of the gangsters uh you know what i'm you don't know what g-force is i didn't know what that was only g-force i know is an airplane because like air, airplane pilots have G-force. to train to be able to fly without passing out at certain g-forces levels i'm guessing they do that without mm-hmm. people in the airplane i <laughs> got them all right what's the next one? Oh, dragonflies i'm i found out my halloween costume did you know that president jimmy carter repelled into a nuclear reactor that was in partial meltdown to stop the meltdown and save ottawa i said that weird ottawa ottawa did Before he ca- became president, of course. Um, no, I did not know that. All right, here's a really good one. I like this one. Okay. In, <laughs> oh, in to put this in context, the individual I'm about to read about is 45 years old when the incident takes place. Okay. 45. In 1995, a man named MacArthur Wheeler, so you can go Google this, MacArthur Wheeler robbed two banks at gunpoint. He was arrested mere hours later because he didn't wear a mask. Instead, he decided to coat his face in lemon juice because he read that lemon juice can be used to make invisible ink. (laughs) His logic was that it would make his face invisible. And reportedly, he said to one of the tellers, Don't worry, I have a face. It's just invisible. (laughs) 
The only thing he did when he was arrested was sigh dejectedly and say, but I wore the juice. (laughs) This is a true story. True story. Now, the rest of it is his case is actually still used in academic journals regarding the fact that people with low intelligence do in fact believe they're smarter than everyone else. That's one that does not feel true. It's almost so detailed that it almost has to be true. Like, that would be hard to make up. I know. But that would be funny if you put lemon juice on your face thinking it made you invisible. Um, You want to try it? (laughs) Did you know from the time that it was discovered to the time it lost its status as a planet, Pluto had only made it a third of the way around the sun? So he didn't, didn't it, even get a full it's lap. Entire, <laughs> it's entire life as a planet. It didn't even make a full lap. That's unfortunate. Isn't uh, that crazy? That for most of, well, definitely our educational upbringing, yeah. we thought something was a planet that wasn't a planet. I still count him. <laughs> oh, you personally know I've him? i named him. That's wild to me. To yeah. me. Can you trust the education system? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not <clears throat> okay. Hold. Flat Earth. MacArthur Wheeler. Mr. I put lemon juice on my face. The Dunning. Hold on. The Dunning. The Dunning Kruger effect. Farm? It's about the Dunning Kruger effect. The Yellowstone. Is a cognitive bias whereby people with low ability, expertise, or experience, so not necessarily intelligence. <clears throat> when we say intelligence, we don't necessarily mean like maybe cognitive ability, but it's just low ability in a task, as expertise or experience. Regarding a cer- certain type of task or area of knowledge tend to overestimate their ability or knowledge. Some research also included in the definition the opposite effect, that high performers tend to underestimate their skills. The Dunning-Kruger effect. So wow, This guy's really stirring up some... Academic journals. Yeah, it's legit. It's apparently changing it. So, is he really a genius? Just Um, I don't know. Last fact. Last fact. You ready? Clouds weigh hundreds of thousands of pounds, full of water. Yeah. Effortlessly floating above our heads, no support, no structure, just weight, floating around above us. We're like, yep, totally believable because they're clouds. Do you remember when Dylan came on? What did he say? The whole the name of the podcast were Clouds or Lies. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And it was based off of that fact. That's the first time I heard of it, though. They're thousands of pounds, but they look soft mm-hmm. and cozy. But really, they're scorching hot and filled with water. That's correct. But if you've ever, ever been on an airplane, you know that when you go through a cloud... There's some turbulence. So there's your uh, fun facts of the day. Just got a big whiff of pickles. Thanks to Ryan Hammett and his TikTok prowess. Since you always crap on me for TikTok, for the remainder of the year, before I go on a hiatus from social media, we should do like TikTok Tuesdays. And And I bring to you my favorite TikTok of the week. That'd be hard for you to narrow down, I'm sure. But we can do it. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. 
My wife sends me TikToks all the time. I can't read them out loud, though. They're sketchy. Yeah, there's like a section of TikTok world that's like the people who view this are just like yeah, slightly it, like it's almost intriguing to watch or the people who yeah. recorded I mean it's like what what do you th- like are you is this truly how you are mm-hmm. or are you just trying are you to get just, famous yeah are you just mm-hmm. like strange but I'm just kidding she doesn't send me weird TikToks she sends me TikToks that she thinks is funny and she thinks her humor is superior to mine I'm almost willing to double down on that but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave that that, she, that her humor is better than mine? Yeah. I'm almost going to... I'm willing to bet on that one. <clears throat> so, I think that I'm the victim of the Dunning-Kruger effect where I'm overestimating the um, the value of my humor. Because I think I'm hilarious. I think the value... Look, this is... The value of your humor is like putting lemon juice on your face. As long as you believe it. <laughs> That's all that matters. But I if want I'm you exposed, to be extremely confident. I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. I want you to be extremely confident. I mean, you got anything better to talk about over there? Look, you said you did. First of all, I was waiting for you to finish your your story, your, your fun done. facts. I was just going to tell you, I was watching you know, the best part about October, for those of you who have Hulu, is Huluween. All these Hulu-ween. shows. That's what it's called. <laughs> it's where all the Halloween-themed shows and movies come out. Yeah. They have a whole category. You go, you browse. I love a good horror, psychological thriller, show, series, etc. How do you uh, pronounce H-O-R-R-O-R? Horror. What? Horror. It sounded like you said horror. Horror? Horror? Like an A. Possible. I don't, I'm not the best. Group. Look, just because you got your shirt tucked in today... Doesn't mean it probably does mean that you're academically superior, but because you were you just came from class. Um, I'm a college professor. You are a college professor, and you're on a panel next Sunday, October twenty third, in two weeks at Kirby. Next Sunday, but um, so I was watching this series. It was on Halloween, but it came out before. It's called Nine Perfect Strangers. Have you ever watched it? Uh, I watched Perfect Strangers from the 80s. Mm, that's a little different. Oh. And so, <clears throat> long story short, I'm not going to ruin it, but long story short, it's this like therapeutic um, retreat center that like Nicole Kidman's over. I forgot her name. Marsha or something like that. And she's like leading them through all these like extreme but extravagant like therapy interventions. Some involve some things that you find out on the show. Uh, anyway, there was a part of it, or there was a basis of it that I had had a thought about that I wanted to ask you about. Oh, so this Halloween is what's prompting your thought for today. Yes. I thought you were on a random tangent right now. I'm listening now. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to this side of the couch. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, the monologue is over. It's now a dialogue. I'm yes. here. Shared delusion disorder. What the crap are you talking about? So it used to be in the DSM. They took it out. Okay. This was in the show. This this was a part of the show. <clears throat> okay. Somewhat. Not really, but somewhat. 
I don't want to ruin the show if anybody wants Shared to watch it. Shared delusion disorder. Where there's a primary person who's having a delusion that brings other people on with them for their delusion that they believe. So it's a shared delusion disorder, but it's through one specific dominant, prominent person that they convince other people that this delusion is also true. That's not my question, though. Okay. Do you have an example? So, I mean, a, an easy example would be, actually, I do because I wrote some down to talk about. Okay. So I looked it out, and this may get a little much because some of the examples I give obviously lead into scenarios that are pretty sketchy. Okay. Where, you know, there could be some death at the end of some of them. Um, and so there's a lot of examples of, I'm not going to go through all of them, but there was like a pair of sisters, twin sisters, who were convinced that they were being chased. Okay. No mental disorders, prominent. So this is not somebody that has sometimes there psychotic. Is, sometimes there is, and sometimes okay. there's not, which makes it. But usually the people they bring in isn't just like one person with schizophrenia bringing in somebody else with schizophrenia. So half are. The, half the examples are. The half that Involves I'll give a mental disorder. Yeah. But sometimes these are fully coherent, feet on the earth, fully intact senses people believing in something a, that's not true. A delusion and bringing people in. Is this the whole like I'm standing on the sidewalk looking up at something and getting other people? No, that's intentional. You know you're misleading people when you do that. Yeah, but you could believe it. If you really, okay. You could believe it. But these twin sisters were convinced that they were, and this was a famous example. I don't remember their name, so I, my apologies. But Tara and Tamara, sister, sister. Not quite. Oh. And they were convinced that there was something going on. They were being followed or something. Some, There's something in the house. They were like maids in the house. The person they were serving was trying to get them or kill them. They were both con- one was convinced, the other bought in was also convinced, and uh, they killed the person. What? Killed the person. Both convinced. None of it was true. Both convinced. Killed the person. Both went to jail. What were they convinced of? That their person, that the person that they were helping out at the house, the um, owner, was trying to kill them. And so they legitimately felt like they were defending their life when it was completely yeah. delusional. Another example is that there was an Indian family. Indian? Indian family. Like, this is where it gets more like, like Native American psychological. Indian or Native across like, the as sea? as in India. India. Yeah. Okay. And there's eight of them. Father tragically dies unexpectedly, health reasons. The son, who's about... 15 at the time, 16 at the time, something like that. Grows up and maybe five or so years. He's like 20. I don't remember the age exactly, but is convinced that his father's spirit has overtaken him and that the things that he is saying to the family are true. Are from his father. Slowly convinces the entire family To kill themselves. To kill themselves? Based off the father's instructions. And it's a slow... And so what they did is... This is true. This is a true story. This really happened. It's a true story. In in 2018. This is a true story. 2018. 2018. And so the police found 
you know, that somebody went to check on them, saw, came in. They all checked their journals, and all of their journals talked about this son telling them that he has been overtaken by his father's spirit, and they all bought in to that, and that everything he said, he then had power over them through his father's spirit, and it led them to this outcome. Is this kind of like the drink the Kool-Aid thing? And it's exactly like cults. We're not going to talk about cults. We already done that. But yeah. it, it's very cult-like. Where one Who's the dude person, that did the Kool-Aid? Who's the Kool-Aid guy? Uh, I can see him with sunglasses on. He's actually a pretty prominent character in American society. He was very like... Anyway, but that's the idea. Is he he was races. leading this thing, and he believed they should all kill themselves. Yeah, and he did. And so it's it's this one delusional prominent okay. character that helps people buy into <clears throat> delusions. Yeah. So now you got you got a gist of yeah um, some mm-hmm. of this. One another interesting. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Yeah, from I'm getting this? to it. I just like talking about it because it's interesting. Okay, well, can I can I do a, a, a somewhat of a rabbit trail that you just made me think of talking about cults and stuff that just blew my mind the other day? We don't have to go down the rabbit trail. I just want to I just want to say it out loud. Say it out loud. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where I saw this <coughs> TikTok. So they did this Imagine. thing on you know how within more extreme Pentecostal faiths. They do, um, they'll do like snake handling mm. and just kind of some really extreme stuff. And so it was this probably three to five minute little clip talking about, so apparently that movement, that movement of, it's a very literal, literal, literal reading of a scripture that says, basically even a snake bite and poison will not take your life. I don't even know the scripture off the top of my head. Um, you could go Google it, but and so it's somebody, and I want to say it was somebody in the Appalachia area, like West Virginia, Appalachia, somewhere in that region, not far from us, really, that that began that movement as kind of an extreme Pentecostal movement where they would handle extremely poisonous snakes with the belief that um, God would protect them from any, you know, even if they got bit, like he would protect them. And so we, I was watching videos of this happening, right? These guys, and like this one dude said he has been bitten 111 times by copperheads, rattlesnakes, water moccasins. I mean, highly poisonous snakes. Never once has he died. They also showed video, because that one is more like, how do we prove it? Do you have pictures of the snake bite? Did you like? How do we prove it? They also drink cyanide. Cyanide kills you. No questions asked. They had videos of them drinking cyanide. The, the the crew doing the, the recording requested the jar that that was being passed around and went and tested it and confirmed that it was 100% cyanide, 100% lethal, and all of these people survived. Do you believe it? I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that the documentary... Because it's on TikTok? That, <laughs> don't discredit what I have to say by saying because it was on TikTok. Because it was on TikTok? Don't... Don't question the content because of the platform. Okay. I just thought that was so weird because never in a million years will you see me ex- expressing my faith through snake handling or drinking cyanide. Yeah, that could definitely be a rabbit never. trail. That could definitely be a rabbit trail. However, I did find it absolutely amazing that they pretty much say this is a pretty pretty close to 100% death rate for the people that do this. 
and yet they didn't die. It makes it just, there's got to be something there. I'm not saying it's a religious thing. I'm not saying it's a faith thing. Maybe it's a mind over matter thing. Maybe it's what is the power of the mind when it believes that something's untouchable? How does your body react to that? Are they drinking in such small amounts that your body naturally develops some level of defense against it? I have no clue. I just thought it was fascinating. But it made me, you talking about drinking Kool-Aid, it reminded me of that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Homicides 2018. We're past that. Daddy made me do it. No, we're past that. Oh. <laughs> we're past that. Uh, so then I started to, uh, that's a very interesting thought, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna attach myself to it. So then, uh, then we, we, well, not we, Sarah, I was telling Sarah about this as I'm, I'm going down this rabbit trail myself, thought process, and it made me start thinking about the Charles Manson cult. You remember the Charles Manson cult where he convinced a, a group of people that they, that to live with them. Number one, number two, um, to go and kill like, a f- I don't remember. It was, it was like 10 people, nine people, something like that. Um, based off of this, a pot, a thought that he had had and he that he got from combining the bible with a book he read with drugs etc well he created this whole the the mormons no not quite (laughs) joseph not quite and but it makes you think so this is where my question is going holding on to that thought okay charles manson he's convinced all these people he didn't do any of it he didn't kill he didn't kill one person but he convinced all of them, so he was charged with all the murders. Yeah, and it's, it had me thinking. So there's a there's there's a theory out there when it comes to religion. You did a lot of research, man. I went preparation on a for this I, question. I, I went a rabbit. I went on a huge rabbit trail Saturday. Did, oh, oh, thankfully it was Saturday. If Envision paid you for this entire rabbit no, trail, I watched all this on back. Saturday. And there's a. I knew that there was a theory. So one of the theories for Christ, for Jesus, yeah, is that theory where there is people out there who believe <clears throat> that the followers of Christ mm-hmm. shared this delusion of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Not his life. You can't deny that he, he, he lived or not. But that the resurrection was a shared delusion of this aspect and so i just want i'm familiar with that okay so i want to know your thoughts Mm -hmm. in general about what's been shared and there's a place there's a place in scripture that alludes to some of the uh, false depictions of what happened to jesus they said it references like even these lies that are being shared of the empty tomb or something it kind of acknowledges some of these ideas that are going around um because there's the I can't. I mean, I can normally remember this. I wasn't. I was not prepared. I did not know we were going in this direction. Um, there's a welcome to my there's mind. There's a phrase for it. There's a. It's a commonly called the idea that because one of the ideas, and I don't know if this is the one you're talking about, is that somebody went and just removed the body. It's well, not called the. It's not the empty tomb theory. It's because it wasn't empty swoon? tomb. No. Swoon. Is that swoon? Swoon theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's, so one of them is the swoon theory. And what that means is, swoon, like, the word swoon means to pass out. Yeah. Like, ooh, I've swooned. Yeah. Okay. 
you like that, didn't yeah. you? So uh-huh. like the swoon theory means that in the crucifixion experience that Jesus didn't actually die. He just became unconscious. He swooned. He passed out. After being placed in the tomb, he awakened, and then it, uh, what appears to be him raising from the dead was actually him just coming back to consciousness. I would say with fair certainty that one can be disproven um, just because of what historically he went through and the amount of time that passed. The chances of that happening is pretty... I mean, there's a... What is it? A a myocardial uh, fluid sac, I think is the phrase, that goes around your heart. In Scripture, when it references the spear going in his side, it says, and water came out. The general uh, medical idea there is that it pierced that myocardial sac, and in doing so, it, it virtually ensures death of the individual. Um... And, and so there's, I think that was easier to disprove. The one, the other one, is it's basically the 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 stolen the the stolen body theory. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. There's a phrase for it. It'll come to me as soon as this podcast ends. Where, and I think this would be the more likely one is that not that somebody was delusional, but that somebody knew that they needed to believe in a savior, and so to to continue this idea to like keep this this idea moving forward, somebody stole the body. And and in doing so, it led others to believe that he had risen. It's called the stolen body hypothesis. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. But like, continue. I'm just... Killing it. It's the... Uh, well, anyway, it's the effective. I just don't realize how intelligent that we really are, you, Josh. I mean, you're, you're top-notch, man. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, and so there's that one, and that would have led to a delusional belief system. Mm-hmm. I guess both of them would have. The kicker, though, is if Jesus had passed out and then just reawakened, my guess is he would have known mm-hmm. that he was not the Savior. And so, like, in order to be the delusional one, like, you have to buy it. And so either Jesus was delusional, and so when he reawoke, he thought, I've come back to life. Because he was living in a your, false reality. Your impersonations are spot on today. I just want to let you know. The swoon <laughs> and Jesus coming back. If I get struck by lightning, it's well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, and what's your... Yeah, okay. So we can see how both of these could be painted well, in that picture. What's your question? It's, it's more of a thought-provoking conversation where... Um, I'm going to say this because the reality is... Every theory has some credibility or it's not Don't a theory. Don't get us canceled. No, I'm not. Every theory has credibility or it's not a theory. It wouldn't make any sense. Um, there would be no backing. There would be understand. I can understand. So the shared delusion theory, all of the ones that you shared are also theories, but the shared delusion theory of Christ really centers around Peter, where Peter mm. is the prominent, dominant figure who has this delusion that he is he's the Catholic Church is not gonna like to hear this. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> they they made him a big deal. Yeah. And he uh and he bought everybody else into that delusional theory or that delusional disorder. And if now anybody's it's delusional it's Paul. It. And it's correct. Don't even get Paul. me down that road. 
Don't even get me down that Paul road. Paul had some experiences. That's right. And as we're gonna we're not gonna mention it on the podcast because because Josh has a whole theory about Paul. <laughs> we're gonna no. I'm 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 fully convinced that me and you are gonna sit down one day. We're gonna write out and research this theory. Research and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna Paul get big. having psychosis and tattoos and Jesus will be big because of this. We're but gonna be, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so Peter, they believe Peter believed was the dominant this, prominent figure, and he was the deceiver. But he wasn't deceptive because he was a con man. He was a deceiver because he was he, deceived. He he be, he fully believed in that, and and it kind of go it plays into. There's another thing you may know the name. It's like when grief is so. I guess when mm-hmm. it's just so deep that you feel like you see things or you yeah. feel like you see I don't them. Th- is there a phrase for that? Is that called something? I don't something? know. I don't, I don't know. I just know that you're you're correct. Hallucinations and delusions are very much a possibility and extreme versions of grief. Yes. That is true. And that and so they played on both of those when I was reading through this. They played on both of those. They played on this shared delusion theory based off of grief-stricken hallucinations and that everybody bought into it. And now everybody, everybody that had bought into it are now sent out to share this idea. So you're telling me that you were watching Nine Perfect Strangers, which led you to look up shared delusion theory. And how exactly on this rabbit trail, trail did you lo- learn about theories of Jesus involving Peter? Did that show up heard, as one of them? No, I had heard. I remember listening to something. It was like an apologetic something a long time ago, and it reminded me. And so... I I just went back and re kind of researched some of what it was talking about just okay. to see what was kind of coming up for that. I'm with you. Um but here's here's th- these are all thought provoking things. Now, this is this is my take on it and then I'll ask you the actual question that I have. We got 5 minutes, so Oh, we got plenty of time. <laughs> we got plenty of time. I ain't worried about it. Um because he appeared to many people. It would be hard to kind of disprove the theory, I guess, and not have people be like, well, what happened? He 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 appeared resurrected to a lot of different people. Yeah. And so then it gets a little stretch where they were, they were not in communication with each other to know that there was a prominent figure that could spread this. For the delusional thing to happen, it has to be a controlled environment. Yes. It has to be an isolated, controlled environment where – the belief is already there, and there's no influence. You know what I'm thinking about right now? <clears throat> the Truman Show. Love the Truman Show. So, again, these were people that knew this was a con, but Jim Carrey is raised in this false world where like, he's delusional. Yeah. But the moral of the story is in order for a delusional system to exist, it has to have confined spaces or else variables of truth end up puncturing it. Oh, see, that could go down a whole other path. Because that's true, except for with religion. Like, oh, because once you're sold on it, yeah, there's really nothing that's going to lead you to question that. Right. And, but it's still, but even with that, though, even I think you're still right. But even with that, it's usually cultural. Yeah, but like, kind of like we talked cultural. about last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, how like religion is one. What did you say? Logic, loyalty, loyalty, logic, logic and literally, and literally nothing, nothing else. else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and religion is is one of those things in religious ideology, whether it be Christian or otherwise, that when you grasp onto it, we use words like faith 
to be that gap filler for when beliefs don't meet reality, mm-hmm. but we want to hold to the beliefs, and so we just said we need faith. Yeah. Right? And I'm not against that, but right. that is what the role is. Like That's right. what faith is. And they twist that, and we're kind of <clears throat> talking on horror yeah, movies, a, but a they twist that. perverted version of yeah, faith. To be more negative. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Like, if I'm believing a delusion, though, but I believe it to be true, and there's all of a sudden variables that contradict that enter the picture, I, I would place my faith... And what I'm believing in that moment, despite the evidence, but that's always true. So that's okay. So that's the question. Okay. Ooh, oh, that's the question. Look at you, academic man. That shirt tucked in got you rolling today. Mm. Um. So that's the question. Okay. What defines a delusion? That's that is where I landed out of this whole process. That is where I landed, and that's where I said I'm going to ask Marty to podcast. <sighs> So what defines a delusion? Because really a delusion is anything that seems irrational. But that can go a lot of different ways. Because what's irrational to us may not be unrational or irrational to another culture or to another group of people. Did you look up the definition of delusion? Yeah, to a certain extent. Literally, just the what does delusion mean? Yeah, I mean the actual definition. Go ahead and read it for us. idiosyncratic belief so it out of irrational an irrational idiosyncratic belief or impression that is firmly maintained despite contradicted by what is generally accepted generally as reality or rational argument typically a symptom of mental disorder all right so you know where i think this is really interesting let's do it is when diagnosing somebody as having delusional beliefs you have to always consider their cultural background because different cultures consider reality differently. That's a great point, and that's a fun fact. That's, that, that and so, for example, it would be inappropriate for me to diagnose someone with any disorder that involved delusions when delusion is the primary symptom. If, for example... They were, say, part of a Native American tribe and had been going through some type of a ritual experience. If they were part of um, uh, an African community that um, dealt with interactions with the afterlife or if they were part of a South American... Anyway, we could go around the world and talk about these different people groups that have much, much, much more normal... Um, perceived interactions with this the afterlife, spirit life, you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. The Illuminati. Right. Um, and so if that's normal for them in their culture to express themselves in that manner, it's not appropriate because they come into my culture to all of a sudden label them. Right. Exactly. Which is weird because it makes it super subjective because you would like to think that delusional is delusional. It means you're connected to a false reality, but on some level we're all delusional because there are, you know, I actually had this conversation this morning with my class. I didn't call it delusions, but I said, I need you to make a list of things that you know, you believe are true of yourself, right? Six to eight things. And then we went around the room and talked about a couple of them, right? Somebody may have said they were athletic or they were clumsy or they were you know intelligent or whatever it may be um and then i said make a list of a couple things that are true of you but you wish they weren't and then the third thing was make a list of things that you wish were true of you but they're not 
right? But then the moral of the story is we were looking at what are the things that are true of you? And we were looking at the definition of the way that we view ourselves. And one of the core ideas there was this is what you think to be true of you. And I would say for the vast majority of people, we have delusional views of ourselves. That there are things that we believe to be true that are skewed because of cultural standards, expectations, religious pressure, family pressure, um, lack of insight, us magnifying something that's really small, minimizing something that's really big. Is that you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we're, we're delusional. Yeah. And it, a really extreme example is: Do you remember the movie Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. You know Uncle Rio, Rico. Yeah. Right. What did he think he was in the show? What did he think? Do you remember? President? I don't know. You, come on. Man, did I, you really a, see Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, but it's not like one of those. I, I'm sorry that that <sighs> might have been like one of those, the one movie that you were able to watch as you were coming through North Greenville. All right. So this was high school. Was it? Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember I went with my uh, high school girlfriend and her family to see it. Um, so Uncle Rico was like a 35 year old washed up quarterback, high school quarterback, but he was convinced he was still like the next big thing. Did you use this in class? No. Okay. I'm making all this up on the spot. He was delusional. He was, he still saw himself as that 18 year old starting quarterback self. And I think this is actually pretty good, Josh, because I think we all fall into this. <laughs> like there are defining moments in our life that get st- curated. They get stuck in our mind. And it's hard for us to see ourselves as anything other than that person. Mm. Right? Like they frequently make the comment for people that are overweight, and they lose weight. They never can stop looking in the mirror and seeing the fat person. Or maybe going through high school or in your early 20s, maybe you struggled with acne or there was something about your looks you didn't like, but you got through it. It's hard for you to stop seeing yourself as that ugly person or the not funny person or the or the or. But the opposite is true, too. If you had tremendous success growing up and that gets curated as you're the successful one, you're the funny one, you're the good looking one, you get the girls, you get the guys or whatever, even once that changes you still always think you're the stud or you tend to like, even though the facts are different, you still tend to see yourself as that person that you once were, or you think you are mm-hmm. even if factually you're not. Yeah. So is, is compartmentalizing an aspect of that or is that something completely different? I don't know that it's compartmentalized. Maybe. I mean, to a degree it's compartmentalizing. Like if you it's, compartmentalize something. I think it's more of a, of an interpretation of the data issue it's I have a core belief about myself. And so when I interact with data on a daily basis, I cling to the data that supports my hypothesis, my core belief. And I tend to rationalize away, dismiss or brush over data that questions that belief. So what made me kind of think about that? I actually thought about this in session, of course, but I was paying attention. How many fingers did you put up? Two. To, okay. Two. <laughs> Because it was compartmentalization that led me to Jeffrey Dahmer. Because that's a hot topic right now. Look, hear me out. Hear me Dahmer. out. I'm not going to go down that. I'm okay. just. I'm, this is my thought. Compartmentalizing, like if you if you look at people are fascinated with serial killers. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. But they almost have to compartmentalize what they do 
mm-hmm. and still live a normal life. Yeah. And so to a, to an extent, my thought was is compartmentalizing a sense of delusion about yourself mm-hmm. to where you have completely you have this behavior, you have this impulse, you have whatever it is that you push to the side that doesn't get in the way of what you're trying to maintain and then it comes in and then you can like is that like delusional to an extent? And how much, yeah. or is it healthy, not necessarily healthy, but is a way the brain protects you yeah. from kind of what is actually going on. I'll be honest, we don't have enough time to go down where this could head. And I don't think our listeners want to listen to the full extent of this. We may have to follow up, because I actually recently have been thinking about this in the context of especially more conservative religious movements. I'm not questioning them, I'm supportive of them, but you have to look at the pros and cons. One of the downsides is I think we're often quick to judge. And so because we are quick to judge, we're quick to see judgment, maybe have experienced judgment. And so I think we tend to live somewhat delusional or compartmentalized lives. Because if we were congruent, <clears throat> if we were, if we embraced our brokenness and were transparent about it, we feel like we would be rejected because we often peddle this uh, belief system of you need to be perfect. When really it's, no, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. I understand that. However, we needed the perfect one. We needed God because we weren't. And so we do a bad job of embracing our brokenness in an authentic way. And we do a good job of trying to compartmentalize our sin and pretending we're perfect, not because of God, but instead in place of God. And I think it's a really broken system at times, not always, because there's times I've experienced very authentic like embrace of like who you are, good, bad, and ugly. But then there's other times that I feel like even in myself that I've like compartmentalized sin and not really wanted to deal with it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, it was delusional yeah. on some level. I think here's the key though to what you're talking about. What makes something delusional versus what makes something diagnosably delusional mm-hmm. is the exact same as what makes somebody depressed versus diagnosably depressed, anxious versus diagnosably anxious. And that is, when does it start having a negative impact on your life and society? When does it become toxic? When does it become problematic? Because if, if, if life is not being impacted in a negative way, then we tend to just say you have these tendencies. It's like, yeah, you're somewhat delusional, but I'm not going to diagnose you as delusional just because you think you're hotter than you really are. Right. It's so when does it clinically speaking, delusional. we would cross over into diagnostic realm when it's like, okay, this belief system is starting to impact your daily functioning and possibly the functioning of the people around you. Like, for example, if somebody thought somebody was out to get them and they're like, I'm just suspicious of that person. I get a bad vibe. And that person had nothing to do with it. No harm, no foul. If they thought that person's out to get me, I need to get them before they get me. Okay, now we have a problem. A line has been crossed. And I would say that's probably the line that helps differentiate it. But I do still think it's really, really strange. Not strange, but interesting, worthy of discussion. I don't know how culturally that, that really that plays completely out. changes the rules. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> so anyway, mm. I have to give you credit. Mm. That was a really wandering path, but I kind of liked it. It is. I enjoyed it myself Saturday. I just didn't. I didn't have. A, what is? What does Sarah think when you randomly spout stuff off? She's like, "Here we go again." 
Um, I mean, I tell her some things. Like, I tell her down kind of what I'm going through. And she'll, she'll, she'll talk to me about it. I'm going through something right now. Yeah. What? She'll, eh, it's a little delusional. Yeah. A little religious. She'll, she'll talk to me about it. She likes some of the conversation, and then some of it she's like, eh. It is. She's one to kind of be like, ah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but then there's some where she'll she'll talk. We'll we'll talk it out, and it helps yeah. clear up some things. But okay. Well, any final thoughts about this? I mean, are you cleared? All hearts clear. All minds clear. What? I mean, yeah. I, it okay. helps me. <laughs> this is this is really not going to come off well. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it helped me understand people like Jeffrey Donner yeah. and Charles Manson. I will say this. Entering into somebody else's world, I mean, yeah, that can be problematic, but it almost always increases a level of empathy and understanding. Right. Um, not because you agree with them or everyone would want to be them, but you're like, okay, I can see this. I can see how if you go down this road too far, it things can happen. Yeah. So that's true. That's the same way. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. It's the whole joke. Like, you know, don't judge me until you walk a mile in my shoes kind of thing. And then they say, well, then I'm a mile away with your shoes. Uh, never heard that response. You've never heard that? No. It's, I mean, it's that whole thing. You put yourself in somebody's shoes and you're going to understand them a little bit better, even if you still disagree with them. So, all right. Listen, that's a wrap, son. It is. It is. Pumpkin spice. I will say the pumpkin spice, the refill. Yeah, nobody knew it, but we slipped in a refill here in the show. And it's still delicious. Yeah. It's still oh. it's still hitting on it's still hitting on it. You can definitely tell the the Splenda less coffee. Oh yeah, that's right. You didn't get sweetener the second time. Uh but yeah. All right. Until next time, y'all enjoy yourselves. Grab you some pumpkin spice to celebrate the season. Y'all behave yourselves. Holla. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.